politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So, Travis, uh, I got a call from Adam today. I was just I was making oatmeal, minding my own business, and, and there was Adam, hysterical, uh, because Krebs on security just released a new story. Apparently, Krebs found evidence online that three hacking groups have all been selling information from T-Mobile, claiming they all got in for various periods of time during 2022. Yeah, I mean, they were using it, they were turning it around for people to use, actually, in crimes. Uh, Travis, did you check this story out by any chance? I did, yeah. Apparently everything from uh, sim swapping to phishing. So how many times did they have access last year? I think it was over 104 times, and in some cases it was hours, in some cases it was days. Okay, and so when they were in there, uh, they were getting enough information to figure out how to, you know, well, to provide whatever crime they're doing as a service. How did they get this done exactly? Phishing T-Mobile employees. T-Mobile has 71,000 employees. Wow. So Mm. Take your pick. That's a number. That's a number. So, So they're getting in and they're getting these tools in, and Travis... I don't get it. Was it like some sort of ransomware as a service play? Yeah, it sounds like it. But at the same time, the other thing to keep in mind here is that uh, T-Mobile has sort of been like a speed bag for hackers for the last decade, at least. They keep on getting hacked over and over and over again. They don't seem to learn any uh, new lessons from it. So it's not really a surprise that they're uh, that they kind of have a revolving door for cyber criminals. But I've learned a lesson from it, and I'm sure Adam has too. You know, do you know what the lesson is? Don't use T-Mobile. <laughs> okay, so here's what I think. I think you just need to, yeah, not be there. I mean, I know people on T-Mobile who are high net worth, and and if I were to be of a criminal bent, I would just get in touch with this ring and say, hey, this phone number, this phone number leads to a pot of gold, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I mean, can you imagine? It's <laughs> it's. I mean, that's what they should be worried about. The crime on that we're worried about, Adam, is what? Sim swapping. Right. So you can successfully sim swap somebody who's high net worth. What can you do from there? You can get into every account they have because it's part of two-factor authentication, right? The code gets sent. Like Facebook or Instagram? I mean, what kind of accounts are we talking about here? How about cryptocurrency accounts? How about bank accounts? All those. Email. Yep. All right, the news is terrifying, and it actually would make me think twice about having a T-Mobile account. 100%, yep. Never had one, never will have one. Not to say that people that have them don't like them, but this is pretty scary. We've had two breaches in the past few years, 140 million, 137 million. That's a whole lot of folks, and that's not even counting this. 
Well, we've also had something on AdamLevin.com before showing the sheer number of times that T-Mobile has gotten hacked and then just said, we're really sorry. We're going to take this more seriously in the future. And then a year later, it's the exact same announcement. A year later, it's the exact same announcement ad infinitum. So at some point, T-Mobile users, you have to understand that you're, you're in a codependent relationship and it, it might be a good time to get out of it. And with that, Welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam, Cyber Romance Buster. I'm Bo, Cyber Savage. And I'm Travis, Cyber Foot Massager. That's unfair. And today we hear from one of Tulsa, Oklahoma's 102.3 KRMG News anchors and host of the Scammer Stories podcast, April Helm. So, April, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us what magical part of the country you're coming from. Oh, it's Tornado Alley. We just had seven of them yesterday in Oklahoma. I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, right smack dab in the middle. I am a radio news anchor and news director for a news talk station in Tulsa, Oklahoma. On the news front right now, What's going on in your neck of the woods? Marijuana. Marijuana. We passed medical marijuana and now recreational marijuana is on the ballot coming up in a couple of weeks. So that's all everybody's talking about. Are they talking or are they giggling? Well, I would say about 75% of them are giggling. We're still trying to get the other 25% <laughs> on board, but. Right. <laughs> I, I tell you, I, 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 I'm, I, I, I marvel. As a as a as a solid Gen Xer, I still marvel at the at the smell of weed on on public streets. It's, it's <laughs> remarkable to me. <laughs> so, what is the upshot of legal marijuana in your state? Is that is it generally just accepted that that's going to be the case there and law of the land? Yeah, probably will. But we're starting to do stories about the negative impact on the recreational. And when I say that, I mean by each individual person. When you go to get medical marijuana right now it's potent and it's cheap and i don't think people realize yet that recreational marijuana there will be a limit and it won't be as potent and it'll be more expensive so i don't know we'll see i thought it was going to pass but we'll see once people start figuring out that they've got a better better deal with the medical marijuana so it'll be interesting i can't believe we passed medical. we're the reddest state in the country and we passed medical marijuana it was kind of uh out of the blue so and you are, you are host of the Scammer Stories podcast as well, correct? So my podcast is called Scammer Stories. It's about 95% about romance scams. After I figured out that my mother was being scammed several years back when she was fighting ovarian cancer, I went online to try to find answers and I really couldn't find anything. And I didn't know how naive I was. Even being in the media, I still had no idea what, what was going to lie ahead, so... I started the podcast basically for me, and it's just grown since then. Do you have guests on it regularly? Yes. Each podcast episode is about a different person, normally a scam victim, all from different backgrounds, different ages, different parts of the country, uh, different money situations, who have all fallen victim to a romance scam. And then every once in a while, I'll have an episode with an FBI expert or a police officer or something like that. But 
basically, I wanted to stick with the victims because that's where the emotions are coming from. That's what's going to get the most attention from other people to get the word out on what's happening with these scams. What fertile territory to cover all these stories about love and uh, longing and in the nexus of crime and um, predatory behavior. Like, wow. Yeah, in the beginning, it was very, very hard, though, because when I'm reaching out to someone who I don't know who's been scammed, the first thing they think is that I'm a scammer. So until I got the podcast going and people started hearing about it, I had a hard time getting victims to speak about what happened to them, especially because they're so gullible, they're embarrassed. So in the beginning, it was a huge challenge. But now I'm getting people are starting to come with to me with their stories. And are women scammed more frequently or is it a kind of an equal mix? There was just new numbers released a couple of weeks ago that actually said men are targeted and fall victim more than women. Hmm. I talk to women more, though, because men aren't going to come out and talk about it as often as a woman's going to come out and talk about it. Sure, They're no. going to keep it secret. I had a actually a little-known secret in my family. I don't think I ever told Bo or Travis this story as I had a sister who passed away many, many years ago who was a cancer victim, who was a victim of an in-person, real-life romance scam. But uh, your mother's scam is what brought you to this world. Can you, can you take us back and tell us how it all started? This was 2018. So I had just gotten married myself. She had just lost her husband and just been diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Mm. And 2018. So I'm dealing with her. I knew she didn't have long to live. And she decides that she's going to get online and date. Her husband had just died. So she was lonely and alone in the house most of the day. She told me she was going to go online. And I told her that was fine just to be careful. Do you know what platform she was using to date? She was on Plenty of Fish. Plenty of Fish I've never even heard of. I've heard of that one. I think it's for older people, but uh -huh. I'm not, I don't want to offend anyone. Well, uh, <laughs> poor Adam. Adam's like, no, I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, in, in the old days, in my interim period, uh, I became very... Uh, very uh, well acquainted with Match.com and eHarmony. I didn't get I didn't get past that. But uh, your mom, she's feeling lonely. She turns to online dating. I'm like, fine. I mean, well, what do we have to lose? Until the day she sent me a picture of a young man that was 40 years old, who had a diamond mine in Turkey, who uh, wanted to meet her. So he, he also had a name, right? Yes. Gerald. He was from somewhere in the Middle East. The picture he used did look Middle Eastern. But, you know, my mom was a 72-year-old overweight woman who was dying of ovarian cancer. A 40-year-old man in Turkey would not want to meet my mother. So he said he was a diamond miner or he was an investor or Yes. He had a diamond mine. Now did they ever did they ever actually speak? Yes. Oh. I spoke to him. Oh, you did. Mm -hmm. So she came to visit me for Thanksgiving one year and she told me that she wanted me to speak to him on the phone. And she was giddy, just so excited that I was gonna speak to her fiance. 
And I knew that I wasn't going to confront him on that phone call. My mission was to see what he sounded like. And what he sounded like was a 17-year-old kid from Turkey. So I knew it just confirmed my suspicions that this was a scam. Now, if I would have gone off on him, nothing would have happened. All that would have happened was me and my mother blow up. I knew that it might have been our last Thanksgiving together. I was just kind of gathering intel on his voice. How, how long had your mom been trying to date online before she showed you the photos of Gerald? It was very fast, months, maybe three, maybe three months between the time she told me she was going to get online and the time she sent me his picture. She was in love by then? Yes, well, she thought the way that she described it to me, she was always been a good person and she deserves to be this rich wife of this diamond mine guy. And this is what she's had coming, and it's finally here. And yes, she's in love with him. You knew he was a fake. How early on did you sense it? I knew the first night, and I said, responded, I knew right away because he's a 40-year-old, good-looking 40-year-old man. There's just, they're not, there's no reason a 40-year-old, good-looking man would be going after an elderly woman who has ovarian cancer. It's just not going to happen. So I, I told her that it was a scam, be careful. And she said, oh, she'd be careful. And yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 I don't mean to be rude, but I mean, there are kinks. I mean, that could be some strange there kink, but I mean, but it's, it was totally, totally, un, but, totally un, un, unusual kink. All right, but, mom. But, <laughs> well, she, and she had a little bit of that in her. Okay. I'm just saying she was my mom. <laughs> my mom was frisky. Okay. Yes. So. Did she show any kind of indicators that maybe this was a scam or? Hmm. After she promised me, I will not send him any money. That's, that's the money for you kids. I would never do that. Oh, and then she sent me a text message. I was at a hometown football game one night and she sent me a text message and she said, he scammed me for $200,000. Come get me. And that was the first time she admitted that she was being scammed. The thing is, these scams, it doesn't just involve the victim. It involves the entire family. We fought for two years how to handle her, how to handle him. Where should she live? Who should take her money? Who should take her car? Where are we going to put her next? How are we going to pay for medical bills? And it, I probably still won't speak to some of my family members after that. But so she didn't have dementia, though. So it wasn't that you couldn't take powers over her her funds. She was just desperately yeah. lonely. She was always codependent. And she just, I, I, can't, I still can't. That's one of the reasons I started the podcast is I wanted to figure out how did my bright mother end up thinking this way? Well, you just said such a complicating factor that I had never thought of that, you know, your mom was codependent. And so like, what do you do? Like, have you come across that scenario and other, and other, you know, since then when uh, in your own investigations? I've interviewed some families who have done an intervention. Some have been successful, not many, because the problem is these scam victims become addicted to their scammers, just like a drug addict with heroin. And they can lose their home, their car, their money, living in a tent, 
out in the forest and they still will not cut off contact with their scammer because they are so addicted to it. So there's, in those cases, there's nothing a family member can do. There's a story of a woman who was uh, scammed for over $2 million. And the only way her family found out about it was when they were notified by the financial advisor who just kept trying to stop her from taking money out of the accounts. Finally, he contacted her family and they did an investigation. They determined that, in fact, she was a scam victim. And as a result of that, they got it to end. And she even said to them, I understand that I was being scammed, but in my heart, I still love him. Mm -hmm. Because they can really, they can dig into your soul, these Mm -hmm. people. And they're Mm -hmm. so good at it. Uh, What is it about these guys that make them so uh, compelling, if not uh, outright addictive? Well, they spend all day, all night, focusing on you, everything about you. Honey, Mm -hmm. have you eaten? Did you go to the doctor? What did the doctor say today? What's your favorite song? What are your dreams? What are your hopes? Where do you want to live? I took my mother shopping for a house, (laughs) knowing that this guy was a scam, but I just wanted to make her, I just wanted to spend some time with my mom. And I like looking at houses, so I'm like, fine, I'll take you looking around, looking at a house for this scammer. But just no man gives a woman that much attention in real life. They've got jobs. They've got well, children. Hold on now. Hold on now. I am a firm advocate of like, you know, you want a good relationship. Then I just, I just received a, a, a note from my better half explaining to me how far in life I would get by a simple foot massage every once in a while. So. <laughs> that may be a whole nother podcast. I think Adam, this goes right into one of your key theories about identity theft and scammers online. No, it is. And that is that that all of us have day jobs, whether we're working, running a business, getting an education, raising a family, being involved full-time philanthropic activities. It's our day job. For these guys, we are their day job. Mm -hmm. And, And people have to understand you are up against people who are creative, sophisticated, and most importantly, persistent. And clearly, in your mother's case, this guy was all three. Yeah. Yeah. And it might have been multiple men acting like the same person too, because they wanted her awake at all hours to try and keep her tired. So she wasn't thinking clearly. So I'm not sure that she was always taught. I think there was more than one too. That's another thing that they do to try and make sure people aren't thinking clearly and they're making bad decisions. Your story about this guy and maybe being Middle Eastern, maybe being from Turkey, maybe having a diamond mine, you know, all of it is just a story. It's a group story. I mean, I can even imagine these boiler rooms having whiteboards saying like, you know, per, you know, victim number one, these are the facts and evidence, you know, and then they can all just kind of work them at once. You're not dealing with a person. You're dealing with, in some cases, probably a, a syndicate. Yeah. Let's go. The, the Yahoo boys have books. It's called the Yahoo boys out of Nigeria. They're young men yep. and they, they get together and they have it's they have the booklet on how to do it. And then they have lists. If you've been scammed before, your name goes on the next scam list and they sell these lists to each other because once you've been scammed, you're more likely to have been scammed again. You'd think it'd be mm-hmm. the opposite, but it's actually not. No, because they 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 have the the hit list as it were.
This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means... You get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance an electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rogue Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rogue's got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. So let's just, let's just go back over a little bit of the story here again. Just, okay. And that is your mom finds out she has ovarian cancer. Understandably, she's feeling lonely. She turns to online dating. I remember laying on the couch watching TV. She sent me the picture of him and said, I've been dating online and this is the man I've met. And how long did it take before he uh, started to ask for money? Mm, that was probably eight months or so. She ended up giving him 350000 Whoa. And I didn't realize it was 350000 until after she died. We got mm. a hold of her phone and we went through all the text messages and all the lies she told, we thought that were lies. We confirmed that it was all lies. The lies, just like a, a drug addict would lie to their family. It's, it just gets so ugly. These victims turn into people that you don't recognize anymore. Mm -hmm. well, and what happened, if you think about it, the, the, it's both sides of an investment. You have the scammer who's making the investment because he or she thinks there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow which in this case was the case. And then you have the victim who is, if you need help, I'm here to help you because they're investing in their end of the relationship because they wanted to go the distance. So Adam, I have to say that if you asked me for money, I wouldn't hesitate to give it to you because I know you're good for it. And I think that's a big part of how these scammers work. They always are the banker, the diamond mine owner, 
the the woman who cooked with marijuana, Mary Jane. She had the wh- what was her scammer? What did that guy do? I forgot. He was rich too. Oh, he was a uh, he was a doctor. He right. had a, a very right. impressive profile on LinkedIn that he had decided to take a leave right. of absence, go to the Middle East, and open a clinic. Yep, and he needed money for X-ray machines and stuff. So, so it does seem that there, that one feature of this is a rich person who somehow is not liquid and needs help. Is that always the case, April? Always the case. And I think that they've noticed that mom was a widow. See, she just got money from life insurance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that well, was all poof gone. Well, I was, uh, I remember a few years ago, I was on a show with two women who were home health care uh, nurses, and both of whom got scammed by different scammers uh, to the tune of 60000 each uh, wow. because they just, somebody appealed to them. They had scoped them out, done all the research, and had figured out that they could pull their heartstrings and go for the gold. And they did. And that's obviously. Yeah, that, that happened to your mom. Your mom just kind of walked into it, although uh, she found him, he found her. Do we know how that started? Um, He found her on Plenty of Fish. But you know, one thing, I'm still grappling with uh, being angry at my mom. And right before this interview today, I was thinking about it. You know, looking back on my life, the mistakes I've made in my life all involved my heart and men. And so I try to keep yeah. that in mind when I'm when I'm remembering what happened and being angry at her that you know I've made a lot of mistakes in that department too. So that's for my own mental health. If I had all the money back I ever set, spent on sending flowers to people who weren't interested in me, <laughs> I would be a very wealthy man right now. I'd be able to buy a new truck. <laughs> I got to ask, so what happened when your mom realized she'd been scammed? Uh, did she stop sending him money? I know. I assume she did, but did, was there any attempt to get that money back? Uh, well, her that part of the problem with once they figure out that they are being scammed, they think that they're smart enough that they can out scam the scammer. So she kept yeah. talking to him so she could get that money back. And I told her, "You're not. That money is gone. You're not going to get it back. Just end it now." And she would not. Oh, then what happened? So then she became a money mule. Even if she's, even if you don't have any money, they still have things that they can do with you. And that is that they've taken the money that they're getting from other victims and they want to run it through you and have you run it through other bank accounts and different things, gift cards and things to make it look more legitimate. And she became a money mule. What was it? What did they have her doing in terms of them? How did they get the money to her and what were they asking her to do? They would open up bank accounts and close them right away once she got the money and sent them to another bank. And then they would also, they would do weird things like, like send her a computer and then they'd have her sell the computer and then send the money. It was just, they, wow. she always had money coming in and going out somewhere. So how long did that go on before this thing finally ended? Uh, let's see, from the beginning of the scam to the end, it was two years because right when the pandemic hit is when she died. If she would not have died, she still would have been doing it. So the money mule part, how long did that go on? I'm kind of fascinated by that yeah. too. I think it probably went on 
about the last maybe six months or so. And the reason we know for sure that she was doing that is because we got her phone after she died and looked at the messages and saw all the different scammers she was talking oh. to. And I mean, she could, bar- she could barely get up out of her chair because she was dying. And she still figured out a way to get to the bank. She'd go to different banks, five different banks in a day, even though she was in so much pain, she could barely get out of the chair to go to the bathroom. Wow. Wow. Did, did she ever go to the, the bank officers and say, hey, listen, can you help me out of this thing? She didn't want to figure it out, Adam. Yes. It didn't sound like she wanted to. Mm-hmm. She wanted to ride this pony off into the, into the ending mm-hmm. of her life. And banks are getting better at pulling women and men aside and saying, I don't think this is a good idea. And they will cut them off. At the time, it wasn't a thing. But I think one of the answers to this whole thing is the banks have got to get involved somehow. Right now, they couldn't talk to me. They knew that my mom was being scammed, but they couldn't tell me that. Right. But you know what, April? If somebody wants to give their money to a scammer, there's no law against that. They can cut them off. That's what the banks are doing. They're shutting down their accounts. They're saying, you are no longer a customer here. Um, That actually brings me to another question. I know that you're on the board of uh, advocating against romance scammers and just kind of wondering what that advocacy looks like. Yeah, there um, we have it's uh, me, an FBI agent who investigated romance scams and a former military person whose pictures are used in romance scams. Mm -hmm. And we are in Washington fighting the uh, dating apps and Facebook for not taking down these scammers off their sites. They don't, they are not uh, responsible for other people who post things that scam people on their sites. Right. So we're trying to get that changed. So can you talk a little more about how banks are shutting people down? Yeah, I think banks have finally gotten the clue that this is happening. And so they're starting to shut people down, not necessarily to help the scam victim, they're losing money. So right. they've gotten together and they're like, we've got to do something. We, well, we can't press charges. Or, the only thing they can do is just shut that account down and say, you are no longer a customer with us. You're going to have to go to another bank, which is what they do. Mom was going to, she had five different accounts well, because people kept shutting her down. Now, I do know that financial advisors now, there are forms that you, that you have to sign in terms of indicating if, if there's a problem. Who in your family can the advisor talk to, which I think is a, is a, is mm-hmm. a step forward here. And hopefully it's not Gerard yeah, or Gerald. Yeah, Gerald. <laughs> Gerard's even weirder. Okay. <laughs> so, so your story about your mom, it's really heartbreaking. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. this is becoming all too common. Uh, what have you learned through this whole situation? And what can you give our listeners as takeaways from this situation? You know, I'm, I'm still on the journey of learning. I haven't found an answer of what people can do because there's a different answer for every single different person. Um, people are, are always asking me, how can I get my loved one to stop? And I just have not found that universal answer. I've had the FBI talk to my mom, police talk to my mom, all the family members talk to my mom. Nothing worked. None of that. Counselors, nothing. So I don't, I just, 
I just don't have the answers yet. I'm still trying to find something. No, it's kind of like it's my life syndrome. It's my life. Whatever yes. there's left of it, I want to I want to run it and lead it and live it my way. Exactly. My life, my money. That's what they say. The scam victims say it's my life and it's my money. But they don't understand that it's not affecting just you. It's affecting your children. It's affecting your parents, your sisters, your brothers. It affects every single person. Just like a, a drug addict affects the whole family. It's the same thing. It, it affects basically the community. Family, oh. friends, mm-hmm. relations, all that. Anyway... April, we really, really appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you. It's quite a story. It's 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 a cautionary tale. And I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today. Thank you so much for helping me spread the word. Thank you. Thank you. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works, not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing and I need to make split second financial decisions. And that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks and I trade options and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now it's time for our tinfoil swab. Our paranoid takeaway to help keep you safe online. All right, Adam, I got to tell you the truth. You know, here's the deal. We've finally broken the seal. How so? Travis, Andrew, and I have started to communicate on Slack. Yeah, we are now slackers. I'm sorry. Should I be sending flowers? <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> Not really. I mean, Slack is great for communicating with teams. In this case, keeping track of like who's doing what for each episode. Yeah, I mean, also making, you know, like little notes, like we're going to meet at this time or, or please make sure you don't do something at that time. There's a major downside, though. And I bet you can guess what it is, Adam. It makes your attackable surface bigger. Right. So um, there was a major security breach of Activision, which is a pretty big game studio. Um, and the way that they got hacked was through their Slack account. <gasps> Scandal. Wasn't Indeed. Twitter hacked through their Slack account a few years back? 2020. Yep, that's right. So what's the tinfoil swan here? The main thing to keep in mind is that if you're using any kind of third-party app as part for your business or as part of your team, um, it can be Slack or Google Docs or Asana or anything like that. They can all be compromised, even if the data on there is private. So, you know, don't send sensitive data over those apps. There's no reason to do it. 
it gives hackers a major incentive to get in there. And um, and you know, one thing we know is that if everyone behaved the same way and never did anything dumb on Slack, there wouldn't be any hackers on those platforms looking to take you for you know whatever because everyone's doing the right thing. Okay, there's nothing to get there. Let's go somewhere else. Okay, and think about email. Now you got to assume that anything you send by email from either your password, your personal opinion about people, it can and may be read or released at some point. Think of skywriting. Skywriting. That's what happened when Sony was hacked by North Korea, right? 100%. Yeah, I mean, and this sort of thing happens pretty often. People on Slack will often just send some highly sensitive information like passwords and the like, or leave it uh, just pinned in a Slack channel for other people to access just because it's more convenient. Yeah, well. And, uh, of course, lest we forget the Dominion Fox News lawsuit where mm-hmm. all of those communications got exposed. All right, so what's the moral of the story here? Okay, the moral of the story is don't leave data especially passwords where it can be accessed, especially if it's outside your control. Yeah, and we're not singling out Slack. But you know, for real, if you're on Slack and you're doing that kind of stuff, knock it off. You are totally, totally going to get caught at some point. And and remember, any third-party app, if you're on there, you're sharing proprietary information, you might as well be driving with the streamers behind your car because, you know, well, it'd be probably, it's easier, it's actually easier than that. Just just don't do it. And that's the Slack <laughs> facts, Jack. Anyway, that's our tinfoil swan. What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media, produced by Andrew Stephen and Travis Taylor. Our executive producers are Bo Friedlander and Adam Levin. That's me. You can find us online at adamlevin.com and Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin. Come back next week. And rate and review. It really helps people find the show. 